Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. I've been talking about Leon Tailoring for years, ever since I came to Indianapolis almost 20 years ago. You know why I talk about them? Because Leon Tailoring does a really good job of getting you quality clothes, whether it's something tailor-made, something ready-made, something custom-made. they got a career services division uh, for the young people in life who are looking for that first job. No matter what it is you're looking for, when it comes to clothing over at Leon Tailoring, they will look out for you and they will take care of you. So when you swing on by at 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis, tell them Abdul sent you and say hi to Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy and pick yourself something up or better yet something for your loved one they'll appreciate it leon tailoring 809 north delaware downtown indianapolis well we're sitting down talking to outgoing state treasurer kelly mitchell uh this is her last month in office before she steps down so uh madam treasurer first of all thank you very much for being with us always good chat with you by the way thank you very much for making yourself available over these past few years oh it's been my pleasure abdul always good to talk to you um so uh you decided not to obviously you couldn't run again because of term limits so what's first of all what's next for you I don't know yet. I'm still, um, you know, this job is pretty all-encompassing, and uh, I need to just keep my head and heart in the game until the end of the year, and then I will take some time to think about all the things I've learned and all the experience I've gained and see where I want to go next. Uh, what would you say you've learned most about the job as state treasurer? Just the diversity of it, I think, and that it changes. You know, when I started, heck, when I ran eight years ago, I never knew I'd get to set up a program like our Investable Indiana or the Indiana Education Scholarship Account Program. So um, didn't know I'd be treasurer through a pandemic. Uh, I guess it's expect the unexpected uh, is what I've really learned. Uh, what was it like uh, then with this office in the pandemic? Well, I think like everybody, you know, faced a lot of immediate work from home, uh, figuring that out and then keeping everyone connected and um, keeping the team strong. And I have to say we didn't miss a beat. We really did a great job. But also being in a statewide office meant I get I got to have national discussions with other treasurers and really learn uh, from how other states um, navigated through COVID as well. And it brought us closer as a team and I think also as an association of treasurers. Um, I know, obviously, uh, one of the big things the Treasurer's Office is always responsible for is sort of the 529 college savings plan. Um, how did it change? How did it grow from the time you took office to the time that you're stepping down? Oh, I'm so proud of this. You know, I always told people when I was campaigning, I was first-generation college graduate, so I paid student loans till my mid-30s. Uh, so the 529 program means a great deal to me, and we have almost doubled assets under management. We are, I believe, between six and six and a half billion right now in Hoosier saving uh, for their children's future, which is wonderful. We've also cut fees multiple times and won some awards and accolades uh, for the work we do. Um, explain to our audience what 529 actually does, if you could. Yeah, absolutely. It's a way to save for your child's future, and it's um, not just for a four-year college. It's also two-year or technical or even an apprenticeship program. Uh, you can use these dollars that you've saved over the years to help uh, your child reach their potential. You can open an account, which is $10, uh, collegechoicedirect.com. Uh, there's no um, minimum after that. You just save as you're able. Uh, we always encourage taking it out of your paycheck before you see it, have it go straight to the 529 program. That's always the best way to save. Uh, but it's pretty straightforward and simple. You know, it's interesting to bring that because my brother just did one for his grandson. Oh, <laughs> so he'll be having lots of a nice little nest egg when he gets to college in 18, 20 years from now. Um, uh, what do what, what uh, parents find most rewarding and enjoy about the 529 plan? I think the ease of it. And speaking as a parent who used it, uh, I found it very easy to save in it and then also very easy to send 
uh, funds directly to the bursar at the universities, uh, the schools where my kids went. Uh, we work really hard to make it accessible. Uh, parents also love, especially this time of year, the U-gift options that grandparents, instead of maybe giving more toys, can actually make a contribution to the grandchild's uh, 529 college savings. And five, the, the, the Indiana 529 plan, it can be used for any college or university, not just Indiana schools, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah, that's an excellent point. We work hard to dispel that myth. Yes, it can be uh, any institution that is eligible for federal uh, student aid. It, you can use your $529, and it does not have to be in Indiana. We're taking a moment today to talk to outgoing state treasurer Kelly Mitchell. Uh, it's her last month on the job, so to speak. So we're just we're sort of doing a quote unquote exit uh, type interview. Uh, one of the things that the state treasurer does is responsible for the state's investments. Uh, if I remember you correctly, uh, how's our investment portfolio looking these days? Oh my gosh, we're we're seeing interest returns like we haven't seen in quite some time. Um, that's for sure. But you know, when I started in office in uh, the end of 2014, beginning of 2015, our portfolio daily was about five to seven billion dollars. We're now more like 12 to 15 billion dollars uh, on average. So uh, the portfolio's grown, but you know, also interest rates are increasing at a fairly rapid rate right now. Um, obviously, the market goes, you know, fluctuates up and down like, like a lot of markets do. Uh, how do you guys sort of uh, adjust for course correction, so to speak? Do you, are you monitoring every day, every week, every month, or? Oh, we have our eyes on the funds daily, but we're also uh, very limited as to what can be invested. The legislature lets us know what we can do, and so we're not out in the market. Uh, we're in, um, you know, high liquidity, high quality bank products for most part, um, some commercial paper, things like that, uh, but we're not out. We're not out playing the risks with the state money. So no beachfront property in Idaho or anything like that? The, the next big growth area, so to speak? Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, I know that there's, a, there's an issue out there about, um, I guess, sort of quote-unquote woke investing, as one of your colleagues put it, and there's some fights between states and other type companies. How does, how does all that work, or do you guys have any say in who and, and how that type of money is invested? If, if, that, if that made sense at all. Well, I'm not, what, I'm, can you repeat your question? Sure. Uh, I know uh, the Attorney General's uh, state put out a news release about going after woke investors like ESG type things. The, the holders of the money are they're to return investments to Hoosiers and not engage in like woke or energy stocks, that sort of thing. How does all that work? Well, as state treasurer and also as trustee on the INPERS system and sole trustee of the State Police Pension Trust, I can tell you as a fiduciary and all of those, we invest for safety, liquidity, yield, period. That's what we are allowed to do by statute. Explain that in English for what our for folks may not understand, safety and liquidity. Well, safety, obviously, uh, you invest a dollar, you want a dollar back, at least. Uh, liquidity, of course, is can we get it when we need it? And yield, of course, is then the final thing, which is how much money we can make. So we're not um, by any means leading with a profit margin. We are leading with safety uh, and then having the money available as it's needed. And we certainly, of course, hope to get a return for Hoosiers on their dollars because every dollar we can raise is one less than um, a dollar we might need to tax. So those are our top priorities, but safety is always number one. So as long as the investment is a safe investment and a liquid, and a liquid investment, you, you don't really, does the state really care what those people invest in, so to speak? 
I'm, I'm not sure I'm understanding the question yet, Abdul. Um, okay, yeah, like I said, it's, it's kind of a weird thing because, like I said, I'm not an investment broker in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. I guess my question is, as long as the investment meet those criteria, that's what the state is mainly should be. This is what the state should mainly be concerned about. Well, so no, there's other legislative barriers. You know, obviously there's federal um, investment guidelines, then we have our state investment guidelines. None of those guidelines uh, allow us to invest by ESG uh, objectives, if that answers yeah. your question. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I know it's I know it's complicated and it's not something you can sort of explain in 30 seconds or less, but you just did, so thank you very much. <laughs> this is why you got, got reelected. Our guest in the program today uh, is Indiana State Treasurer uh, Kelly Mitchell. Uh, like I said, uh, sort of doing the exit interview as she gets ready to step down from office uh, at the end of the month. Uh, Kelly, uh, the other question I had for you is, in addition to our investments, uh, what else does the state treasurer do? I want to say look, look after like the E911 program. And I, know, I knew a while back there was some back and forth as to who should oversee or run that board. A while back, that was eight years ago, Abdul, when I first got into <laughs> office, yes. I am the only treasurer in the country who is responsible for the state's uh, 911 system. And by that, I mean I'm chair of the 911 board. The board is responsible for the infrastructure of 911 in Indiana. So if you call or text 911, which you can do in Indiana, uh, it's our responsibility to make sure that call or text gets to the closest public safety answering point near you. We also provide training for dispatchers. We uh, cover the expenses of language translation, and we cover the cost of text to 911 statewide. And how's all that working out so far? I'm assuming fine because I haven't heard anything. <laughs> uh, it, it's really been um, amazing. You know, Indiana was... Um, what was it, third district congressman, J. Edward Roush, is considered the father of 911 for the country. Uh, so Indiana has a lot to live up to uh, in its 911, and we really do. We are um, world leaders in 911 technology and continue to be innovative and creative in that space. Um, how, is, how is your relationship with other treasurers? What do you, what do you guys talk about when you get together? <laughs> we talk about reporters, Abdul, <laughs> and how to answer questions. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. We're really a, a fairly close-knit group, and I have been honored to serve as the president of our national association last year, and um, so I was senior vice president during COVID, and again, like I said earlier, we really, we talked often, and it did bring us together. Uh, we meet often. We can pick up the phone and call each other anytime, and we've really, I have found um, our national associations and other treasurers to be just wonderful resources for me. Kelly Mitchell with us for a few more minutes on the program today. As we talk about uh, sort of her outgoing uh, leaving the office, uh, is there anything in the past eight years that just sort of like a major, like, wow, that was some really good work that the treasurer's office did? Oh, my gosh. How long do we have, Abdul? Because I am so proud of this. <laughs> I, am, I am so proud of this team. We have met so many challenges and um, really done some wonderful things for Hoosiers. I'm proud of um, the legacy that I get to leave behind, uh, not the least of which is our two new programs, Invest Able Indiana, which allows Hoosiers with disabilities to save um, up to, I think it's $16,000 a year now before they were capped at 2000 And uh, the Indiana Education Scholarship Account Program, uh, both those programs, the legislature saw fit to award to the treasurer's office, and uh, we've just done a phenomenal job standing them up, um, as well as the growth we've had in the 529 program, as I mentioned. Our Indiana Bond Bank um, has 
constantly focused on staying relevant and helpful. How is life at the Bond Bank these days? <laughs> life is good. We just had a board meeting today, um, and it's it's really wonderful. We've got some um, the team there works hard to be thought leaders in the area of public finance and how to help local governments with the challenges that they're facing. And. Um, what does uh, that's, you bring an interesting point with, with respect to local governments? Because with, with with tax constraints and the property taxes and the whole nine yards, what role does the treasurer's office play when it comes to local governments? Well, we uh, obviously through the bond bank. Um, we have a lot of programs that assist uh, local units of government. We've also been creative. Uh, we've created a flipping finance program where once a year we invite local communities um, to submit some of the problems that they're facing, and we get um, students and experts and thought leaders in the field together and come up with solutions they maybe never thought of um, to meet some of those those issues that they're facing. But we also, of course, 911, we mentioned, that's obviously also local government. Um, we offer public funds management seminars around the state, uh, which allows for continuing education credits for treasurers, librarians. I mean, all units of government are welcome to attend. But coming from local government myself as a past county commissioner, that's always been close to my heart, and I continue to find ways to work to work alongside them. Okay, now I've got to ask you the other question, which is, what was it one day or one week or one month that you're like, you know what, I really don't need this. I can go do something else. <laughs> My husband's a musician. He's really good. We can just go travel and be in a band together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't sing or play an instrument, so that was never an option. Uh, honestly, you know, even on the hardest days, I haven't for a minute forgotten what an honor it is to sit here and to do this work. I've never, never wanted to not be here. That's not a double negative, but I have just um, been honored and privileged to hold this position. And how would you say, how has your relationship with the legislature evolved over the eight years? I think it's it's always um, improving and growing. You know, really developed some friendships over the years. Tried to help them as much as they've helped me. Um, I've traveled to meet them on their home territory, you know, trying to see where it is in Indiana, they come from, who they represent, just develop an understanding, because it's certainly never a one-way street. It's, you know, really good to understand the people you're working with. I'm sure, uh, as a statewide office holder, you found that Indiana is a very, very diverse place with lots of different opinions. Actually, yes. Just <laughs> <laughs> go up to the third floor and you'll see them when they get here in January. Uh, a couple more final questions for you. Uh, what was the one thing that you say that your office you wanted to accomplish, wanted to get done, but just couldn't quite make it happen? That's a good question, but nothing is coming to mind at the moment. We still have a lot of things that are a work in progress, obviously still fine-tuning the Education Scholarship Account Program, still always innovating. Um, but I can't say I'm leaving with, you know, feeling like there's one thing I just never got to even begin. Um, obviously, Dan Elliott to be taken over, uh, former Morgan County uh, chairman. Uh, any advice you have for Dan? I've told him, like what I said earlier, is expect the unexpected. You know, you do think you're coming in and you know um, the job and, and what can happen, and there's always going to be something you just can't predict on your first day. And um, surround yourself with really good people that are willing to push back on you. And uh, final question. So I'll kind of go back to my first question, sort of what are you going to do on January 2nd? <laughs> 
I hope I'm sleeping, Abdul. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm really all in until the clock strikes midnight on December 31st, and then we'll see what comes next. All right. Well, Kelly Mitchell, uh, Indiana State Treasurer, outgoing Indiana State Treasurer, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure covering you and working with you for all these past eight years. And by the way, yes, I was the first person at your announcement uh, back in November of whatever that was, 2016, I think, 13. It, or 13. Yeah. And then all the fun stuff that happened after that. So, so thank you very much. It's always been a pleasure. Nothing but the best of luck in you, whatever you decide to do. Thank you, Abdul. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.